The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the Central City Chronicle, the unofficial The Flash internet radio show exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Poppychulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, October 12, 2016, and I am your host, Professor X. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of The Flash. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit CW series casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Please welcome my co-host, Jeffrey Ruse. Hey, Central City, we're here for you in your time of need. Jess Christine. Hey, guys. And Mars. Hey, what's up? I promise not to mess up the timeline that bad. Well, not that bad. Good. Uh, let's jump into our recap of Season 3, Episode 2, titled Paradox, which aired on October 11th. Here's our official synopsis of the episode. Barry's gradually coming to real just how different this timeline is from what he expected, but he can only find this out by making mistakes and coming off as adult, as everyone expects him to know stuff that he doesn't. One of the main differences was teased last week, Joe and Iris aren't talking. We later find out Cisco is far from his normal self as he's mourning the death of his brother Dante. Barry runs to Star City to talk it out with Felicity, because let's face it, who among us wouldn't? While he's there, we find out that Barry's messing with the timeline has affected people in Star City city as well, specifically Diggle, who now has a son, but no daughter. But they don't really deal with that. Back in Central City, Barry tries to bring the Flash team back together with the classic sitcom trope of luring people to dinner under false pretenses. It goes about as well as you'd expect. He fights the rival again, then decides he needs a do-over and tries to go back in time, only to be stopped by the Flash. Specifically, the Flash of Earth-3, who tells Barry to stop screwing with time, to grow up and be a man. Hearing that from a guy who's not only a Flash, but also the doppelganger of your dead father, seems to increase the impact of the message. Barry decides to tell the truth to the Flash team that he's been messing with the timeline and they don't forgive him. He then races off to fight the rival in alchemy. Iris talks some sense into the team and gets them back on to Team Barry just in time as Barry's getting his clock cleaned. He's saved by a surprise intervention by Vibe using pretty good control of his powers, so that's all also new in this reality. Rival's taken down, Alchemy's nowhere to be seen, and the whole, whole Flash team joins hands and sings Kumbaya. Well, kind of. Barry still has to deal with his new partner and rival at the CSI, who uh, doesn't like or trust him, and we get a reveal that Caitlin is apparently becoming Killer Frost again. So, guys, what was everyone's initial reaction to the episode? Jess, let's start with you. I liked it. I really did. I mean... Honestly, I know we talked about this last week where none of us were particularly impressed with the way they handled time travel and the way they've been handling it on the show. So there was a a lot of carryover from that last week. Like, now that I know that it's okay to be disappointed with what they're doing, it was just kind of like, okay, business as usual. So I wasn't, like, super hyped up for this one. And also, like, Barry... 
waiting so long to tell everybody what he did or everyone in Central City what he did because he told Felicity fairly soon but waiting to tell you know Team Flash what he did for that amount of time like why what are you doing because your behavior prior to telling them is creepy and insensitive and weird oh stop god uh Mars what was your reaction to the episode uh, I thought I thought the episode was okay. Uh, still disappointed in uh, how they did Flashpoint, so you know, sparsely, like not that much. But uh, the the episode was okay. It's kind of cool seeing the new uh, new timeline, some of the stuff from it, and the one thing that'll affect Arrow. And Jeff, what's your reaction? I enjoyed the episode. I was uh, on the team, I think all of us agreed uh, last episode, that uh, it was disappointing the amount of time that we spent in the Flashpoint universe, but I really like all the ramifications. So I'm glad that you know it wasn't just like a little thing like we saw last week, that uh, there were really some major changes in this uh, timeline because of Barry's tinkering with the past. So I, I, I liked all of that. I thought uh, the, the changes were very different, and it's going to affect the series moving forward, uh, and it's going to take us into really interesting territory, which I kind of like. Okay. We'll talk about some of those changes, and I'll talk a little bit about my reactions. But before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of The Flash, here's our announcer with a few reminders on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Central City Chronicle. Follow us on Tumblr, the Central City Chronicle.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for The Central City Chronicle and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. Okay, let's start with a big question. What did you think about the tone of this episode and what it might indicate about this season? Jeff, I think you were starting to get into this uh, with your brief synopsis, so why don't you take that one? I liked it. It, it. They're definitely going a little bit darker than in previous seasons. I mean, The Flash has always been sort of like the the light and bubbly and happy show. And I guess now that they've got Supergirl, they're like, okay, we can make The Flash a little bit darker. Because there were some really serious and emotional moments in this episode. In particular, as uh, Barry started to get to know these people. Because, t- to be quite honest, they're different people than uh, sort of in a sense they're a little different than the people that he knew in the original timeline or in the original original timeline 
and I'll stop there because I could say that probably 50 times and it would still make sense with this show. But yeah, I liked that uh, there were these sort of darker moments in the episode and I noticed it immediately. I was like, okay, this is a little bit dark for The Flash, which is usually sort of like the cheery, rosy, sunshiny uh, companion series to Arrow. Do you think the show works as well when they go dark? Because they did that quite a bit last season, and I'm not sure it worked as well. It was like they were trying to be more arrowish when maybe they should have tried to, you know, embrace their inner flash a little more. I think it worked in this episode because it's a new timeline and the characters have, uh, you know, differences to the characters that we knew uh, before. I mean, obviously things happen to these characters that didn't happen to the ones that we're used to. So I, I understand why there is a bit of a darkness looming over them as opposed to last season, which was much more dark because of uh, the particular villain that they had introduced. I mean, Zoom was kind of this dark, foreboding, evil, demonic character. So everywhere he went, and every time the storyline focused on him, it was always, like, extra dark. But the darkness that was included in this episode was almost like, you know, some individual characters had a little bit of a a rain cloud over their head. And I I think it helped with the character and, and developing the these uh, sort of like new I don't even know what you would call it like the new persona of uh, these familiar characters in this new timeline I think that made sense Mars yeah Mars what did you think about the tone and do you think that's going to be a consistent tone for the season or do you just think it was this episode I don't know uh, it could be consistent for the season but I think they'll do lighter moments like early flash stuff but, um, yeah, it'll probably be like 50, a mix of 50 50. Because, like, you, like, uh, I forget who just said it, but they have Supergirl now, so. He'll, he'll certainly have to cheer up before he does his crossover with Supergirl. Uh, Jess, what did you think about the tone of the episode? I liked it personally. You know, I enjoy it when they're light and bouncy, and I enjoy it when they're a little bit darker and a little bit more on the emotional side of things because if you really think about it like Barry's had a terrible life and so sometimes it makes sense for him to go from you know that happily smiling puppy to this mopey sulky I guess grown man that whose mother died when he was a child so in those moments you can really see that he unfortunately didn't get to have you know a normal healthy childhood and in those like serious moments you can definitely tell that he's still that lost little boy who witnessed something that well now he can't explain it but back then he couldn't explain it and his mom was all of a sudden gone and his dad was imprisoned so I like the tone they're setting. I'm not sure if it will be pervasive in terms of like the whole show and whether or not it'll be lingering, but I do hope that they strike a balance, especially with how they've, as Mars said, not done great things with the material of Flashpoint. They've done good things, but I'm just not sure that they lived up to their full potential with it. Uh, and of course, you know, uh, the one nice thing about the tone from your point of view is lots of Barry crying. So that's something. Yes, that's like the best thing. 
Oh my god, I sound like a psychopath or something, but yes. your tears. <laughs> I love them and they taste delicious. So my question about Barry's characterization in this, I, I really got the sense that, you know, I, I've always liked the character of Barry Allen going back to the comics. You know, he's a classic character. What I personally liked about season one was that positive, sunny uh, Barry, which I think we lost sight of uh, last season, partially because of his opponent, partially because he was, you know, taking so much responsibility on his shoulders, uh, whether he should have or not. This time, he has to take responsibility because all the stuff that he's messed up, he has messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you could make the argument that, you know, all the Flashpoint was brought about, you know, I think as we said last week, by a selfish act. Barry deciding that, you know, he wanted his mom back and he wanted the life he never had. So he went back and rewrote history and, you know, obviously wasn't even the Flash in that reality. He was just enjoying that life. So, again, a somewhat selfish act. But in this episode, why is Barry so reluctant to tell the truth? Jess mentioned this in her her brief synopsis. Do you think that's in keeping with his character as we've come to know it? Um, Did you did you think that rang true? The fact that he was hiding it, hiding it, hiding it and and sort of had to be forced at at gunpoint to uh, to reveal what happened. Jess? I think he's been going through a phase. Like, honestly, throughout this episode where he was keeping the secret, I was like, Barry, why are you doing this? First of all, you're not Oliver. Second of all, you're friends with Oliver, so you know what happens when he shuts down, locks himself up, and refuses to open up to his friends, his family, the only people that can help him, and the ones that conceivably understand, you know, what he's going through as a vigilante. So for Barry... To do that when he could have been honest and upfront from the beginning, that wasn't fair, at least in my opinion. I kind of understood it, though. Like, I I understood why Barry didn't fess up. I mean, he tinkered with his friends and his loved ones' lives. Like, not in a teeny tiny, let me save them from a typhoon kind of way like there were some really stark ramifications for what he did and I could definitely see that Barry probably was a little bit in his feelings a little bit in his oh crap what did I just do I completely not screwed up in the worst way because I'm sure there were darker things that could have happened to them in a a different timeline but it was certainly like all these people that he loved he like broke his team up in a sense, like he not maybe broke them up, but he like broke them down and took them into a, a darker place than uh, they've ever been. So I'm going to assume that he probably was feeling a whole lot of remorse and guilt and things of that nature and just telling them that he played around with their lives and in particular I mean, you know with one character that you know he did what another character wanted and and i love that the writers included that because it, it like really made barry have to like face his decision because he had to like realize that this was a very selfish decision because if he did it for himself and he couldn't do it for someone else that that just like prove the point that that we said last week that Barry did this for severely, extremely selfish reasons. And now he has to live with this. And Mars, what did you think about, uh, you know, uh, Barry's reluctance to fess up? Do you think that was true to his character as we come to know it? Yeah. I mean, you know, he, he doesn't always tell everybody everything. But 
Yeah, I think I think it's it's in his character to do something like that. It seemed to me that he came across almost, you know, and, and I think, you know, you could maybe look at his, his character in a larger arc, whether this is part of, you know, uh, character Bible or not, that, you know, Barry is basically a big kid. He has the enthusiasms of a kid. Uh, he has the emotional reactions of a kid. And in this case, he's, he struck me as, you know, the kid who's done something bad and is just trying to not admit it in the hopes that it'll go away uh, on its own uh, rather than fessing up. And I guess you could argue that, you know, when he goes through the transformation, that's that's an act of maturation that he's sort of growing up and and learning to accept responsibility, which we'll get to. Uh, but before we get to that, let's talk about uh, uh, we talked about the flashpoint timeline before. Let's call this the paradox timeline. What was the change in the new paradox timeline you hated the most? Starting with you, Mars. What was the one difference, the one thing they changed in this timeline that you really hated? Uh, I didn't really hate any of them. I thought they were kind of interesting, like. Uh, let me think. Uh, You've always had it in for uh, Cisco's brother. Interesting. No, I mean, I just think they're. I just think the stuff they decided to change is interesting. I didn't really hate any of it, but like, I know we didn't just find out all the changes in that episode. I'm sure there's going to be more changes in the next couple episodes. Like Captain Cold's back alive, so that's one. Uh, Jeff, what uh, was the change? The change in the paradox timeline you uh, were most disturbed by? I don't think I was disturbed by any of them, and it wasn't that I was wanting Dante dead, but I, I, I kind of like the changes because they affected each of the characters in interesting ways. So I liked the characters before, but I do like that they had to like get in their feelings for a lot of the changes in this episode. I've got to say, if we're going to talk about changes... The whole thing with Diggle now having a son over on Arrow. I thought that was interesting because does this mean that Barry was the catalyst into making the dark apocalyptic Star City future that the Legends had to go and try to quote unquote fix? Bum bum bum! Indeed, and that would be an interesting thing to deal with. Although, we'll, we'll talk more about this you know to the extent to which the reverberations uh, will be felt elsewhere do you think this new timeline is what we'll have for the rest of the season the rest of the series or is it something you think they might reboot uh in a few episodes what's your feeling jeff i think we're here for the foreseeable future until barry decides to go and tinker with the past and change things all over again or something forces him to go into the past i feel like if he has to go into the past Next time, which could be later on this season or next season, it's going to be a a much more serious ordeal. Like maybe next time around, like a, a villain will be going into the past and tinkering with it. And maybe Barry has to go and fix that or something like that. And then that leads into some ramifications for the future. But besides that happening, like barring that happening in the future, I feel like this is going to be the timeline that we are sort of stuck in. Which I always, I've said this before and, and I'm always going to feel this way. I'm kind of sad that... We don't have the original, original, original timeline in which we started the series. Because it would have been nice to have seen how those characters would have progressed and what they would be like now. 
but unfortunately this is a time travel show so we've got to go into the past he's gonna make some mistakes and it's gonna have all these uh, ramifications in the quote-unquote present so we have to get used to that but it would have been nice to have seen what was going on with them now so unfortunately we will never see that because uh, Barry tinkers with the past but I think we're to answer your question I think we're stuck here at least for now which isn't a bad thing if you think of at least how some of the characters are a little bit more powered than they used to be indeed uh, and uh, Mars what do you think is the, uh, the new paradox timeline canon for the foreseeable future I think we're here for good for a couple seasons at least because if if they were to go back on that then we would lose we would lose earth one killer frost and cisco becoming vibe and wally being kid flash and jesse being jesse quick or liberty bell or whatever she's called um back on that no, yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think uh, probably at least for the rest of the season. And I, and I honestly, I think we might be, this might be the uh, the reality going forward. I don't think you can get away with jerking around your audience by, you know, uh, you know, changing world lines completely on a regular basis. A niche show, like something airing on, you know, sci a pure sci-fi channel. But I can't see them doing it on a, a mainstream network like CW. Um, well, it was another strong episode for Iris uh, after last week. Yes. She's kind of the only adult in the room. She pulls everyone together, and, and even more than Barry, because we're used to Barry being the one to pull Team Flash together, but it's Iris who reestablishes the team. Uh, it, it's Iris who says, look, we, we've all made mistakes. We, we have to get back to what we once were. Uh, what do you guys think about Iris and the consistency of her character across the timelines? We did have a fair development of her character like from uh, episode from season one she was basically just a damsel in distress and then you know by season two she, she became you know a stronger better developed character and we had you know the the earth two version of iris which really established the, what they could do with the character uh, uh but I, I did find it kind of interesting that you know last week and this week i thought iris was one of the stronger characters and and traditionally that hasn't been the case in the flat actually they haven't done the best job with their female characters uh, Jeff, what did you think about uh, Iris uh, uh, in this episode? I like Iris. I've been Team Iris in Season 1. I completely understand uh, people's complaints about Iris in Season 1, and, and I respect them. You know, everyone has their opinion. But I've always enjoyed the Iris character, and I like seeing what they've done with her. I agree that she's had tremendous character growth and tre tremendous character progression throughout the seasons. And she's really become a, a really strong character. And I like that she was the one that brought the team together in this episode. It, it just, it, it's basically giving her a lot more to do. I think a lot of people were used to her being sort of like, the character that wasn't in the know and then all of a sudden she was always the one that uh, was needing help from the flash and that kind of thing back in season one but she's really grown into a character that holds her own and she may not be a powered person per se she might not be able to run fast or you know vi you know use their hands to vibrate stuff and to, to you know save the flash and that kind of thing but she's sort of like the heart of the team now and uh, she's the one that is keeping everyone together and, and uh, really 
helping everyone connect with one another. I don't know. I, I really like what they're doing with Iris, and uh, I look forward to seeing more of that in the future. She's kind of become like the mama bear of the team. Yeah, and it's important for her to have a role. She's not one of the scientists. She's not the cop. She's not the superhero. Uh, you know, exactly. Although the role of being the unifying force, the, she did Although, get something really good in this new paradox. She's got her own office. She's not in a cubicle anymore. Oh, good point. You know, I'd missed that. Uh, you're right. She's uh, clearly things are doing a little bit better for Iris in this reality. Uh, yeah, I like that. Um, so my favorite point of the episode uh, was when Jay Garrick knocked Barry out of the timeline for a speedster to speedster chat. Uh, what was everyone's reaction on seeing Jay back in costume? Anyone? I thought it, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool. His uh, costume looked a little bit. I don't know. Different. Like I think the colors were a little darker, maybe or brighter. I don't know. I. I, I I can't remember. I just remember noticing something about the costume, but I thought it was a, uh, I thought it was cool, because uh, when they were in the diner, um, they were playing Dawson's Creek, and the, what's his name, uh, John Wesley Ship was on that. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that was an Easter egg I completely missed because I never watched Dawson's Creek, but uh, I noticed Dawson's Creek was playing on. That. I didn't get the, uh, the sort of in joke that he was on that. Uh, Jeff, I think that might have actually been the episode where he died, because Dawson was... Oh, my God. Well, Dawson was always crying. He was the Barry of 1998, but that could have been the episode, because his father dies, and, and his father was played by John Wesley Shipp, so I think that, that would have been interesting if that actually was a scene from the episode where he dies. Jess, what was your reaction on seeing Jay back in costume? I loved it. You know, I wasn't expecting to see John Wesley ship as Jay Garrick and to see him and what they did with him. Like the fact that I don't, this is going to sound weird because it sounds like I'm talking about a fabric or something, but to repurpose John Wesley ship as another speedster so that he can still conceivably, you know, pop up from time to time, be part of Barry's life and still perhaps be a mentor when needed. That was really cool. And I'm not going to lie, I squealed a little bit, and I really did enjoy um, the chemistry between them. Like, obviously, the actors have chemistry, but thinking about it from Barry's perspective, like, how would you feel if, you know, this doppelganger of your recently dead father showed up and was like, hey, kid, you're doing things all wrong, let me give you some advice. It's literally... The mirror image of your dead father so it's just like creepy but also sweet in a way and i really liked it i liked how they played that off because they could have definitely made barry be like look i appreciate it but you're not my dad so i'm not taking any of your advice uh goodbye you're creepy but i i enjoyed the way that they you know settled everything together and i really enjoyed his explanation with the teacup i thought that that was really cool because like I don't know, it felt like to me that they were putting, remember how last week we weren't really sure about, you know, what kind of rules were static in this universe and what weren't and, you know, what they were going to be able to accomplish with time travel and all that. I like that it felt like they kind of finally had something that is going to be consistent about time travel. If you travel somewhere, you cannot have it 
exactly the way it was when you come back. Like you have to deal with the consequences of your actions. And I think that that was probably the biggest thing. Like as soon as he said it, like you need to deal with the consequences of your action and, and like realize what being a hero means. As soon as he said it, I was like, ah, that's what's missing. That's why Barry's annoying me this episode because he's not taking responsibility for his actions. And so that was really like a, a light bulb moment for me. And I really did like uh, Jay slash Henry Allen's doppelganger pointing it out. And I think it was really good to have that particular character make that point because not only does he have you know the face of Barry's father, which will have a certain resonance for him, but also he's the only person uh, who can have that conversation with him beyond the reverse flash? He because he admits he's tried traveling in time as well, and it always ended badly. So he can speak from his personal experience as well. Uh, Jeff, what did you think of uh, of the interaction with uh, with Jay? I liked it as well. I hope that we get to see this more in the future because I I feel like Barry needs a fellow speedster as a mentor because I think it'll help him sort of understand a little bit more the ramifications of everything that uh, he's doing and, and as well I think it's a good sounding board for him you know to have someone who's experienced as a speedster giving him advice and, and to be quite honest for the character it's going to be nice having a father figure type person there and a father figure type person that just so happens to look like his father, I, I guess, doesn't hurt. One of the points we made when we were talking about the show last year was that, you know, there seems to be this recurring theme of, of Barry seeking father figures because, you know, his father had been locked up for most of his life. And, you know, he found it in the first season with Harrison Wells. He found it in uh, the second uh, season with, uh, with the, you know, alternate uh, Jay. I can't remember the character's name now. Ah, well, doesn't really matter. Hunter? Uh, the guy, who? Yeah, Hunter Zolomon, thank you. Uh, Hunter Zolomon, and, and you know how he's been putting his faith in in bad father figures and how that was uh, a sort of consistent element. We were you know, speculating as to whether that would continue or whether he would uh, uh, sort of be more of his own man this season. But while Jay was talking to Barry, he made a couple of really important points and, and sort of, you know, uh, the, the focus of the episode, I think, was in that one short conversation in the diner. He said, he told him, you're not gods. You're only men who've been given powers for some reason. You're going to make mistakes. More importantly, he told Barry he has to decide whether he's going to learn to live with his mistakes or keep running away from them. What did you think about that message, and how important do you think it will be to work to Barry going forward in this season? Jess? I love that message, and honestly, I know it's just a TV show, but I wish that, you know, real people would heed that message because you really have to, you know consider the consequences of your actions and if you do something you have to live with the fallout so i thought it was a stellar message and i can only hope that some viewers not all take the words to heart and the next time they're about to do something stupid just remember jay garrick uh, and jeff what are your thoughts on uh the message and uh what impact you think it'll have on barry's character going forward I think it's definitely a step in the right direction. It's It was great advice for Barry to sort of allow him to start taking a little bit more responsibility for his actions. I feel like 
the Barry that we've seen is a very impulsive Barry, a, a gimme gimme Barry. You know, I need this. I need to make it happen right now. No matter what, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to make sure things are good for me. I'm going to do it. Me, 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 that kind of thing. And uh, especially that that serious talk with uh, Jay, because I mean, it, it could have Jay's tone could have been different. It could have been a much different conversation, but I'm glad the writers kind of took it into a very serious territory because if, if you recall, uh, if all of you recall, like when Jay was initially talking to Barry about it, like Barry was very nonchalant. Like Barry was like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. Like I get it. You're trying to give me some advice, yada, yada, yada. But it wasn't until like Jay like hit the point, And I think much like what Jess said, the coffee cup was like the the best uh, thing to use that was in their like general vicinity to like make the analogy work i think barry finally like understood okay this is what i did if i keep on doing this and if i keep on you know quote unquote breaking this coffee cup and trying to paste it back together it's gonna look completely different than how it originally was so i can't keep doing this i have to not only learn from my mistakes but i have to accept them and i have to live uh, with the consequences and everyone else that i love and adore they have to live with the consequences of my own actions and i think it finally hit him hard and i think this is a lesson that he's going to take on you know into the future you know into the next episodes the next seasons and i think he being jay was like the only person that could express this to barry like even if like let's say oliver who has been another sort of like mentor at least another hero mentor to barry like if oliver would have said something similar to him but obviously he'd have to understand the complexities of time travel and that kind of thing but if, if he did and if he explained it to barry i think barry could easily shrug it off just because he's not a speedster he hasn't experienced this before but having someone who has gone through it who has been in the trenches as a speedster telling him this and especially someone who you know he had the chance to bond with a little in the previous season or at least you know come to the understanding that they are this established speedster i think it hit home a bit harder for barry and i think we we got the indication that the message had hit home because you know uh we immediately see barry going and confessing you know uh to his friends what he's done and and offering to tell them uh, you know about the uh, the alternate flash uh, universes uh, and such and and also his you know his his basically telling Cisco I can't go back and and here's why uh, so I think yeah we did get the sense that Barry did grow up as a result of that uh, and and has you know matured as a character and I think you were making a good point there which is that you know you have to understand that you know you're not a god uh, you know you're just a man who can run real fast that doesn't mean that you can fix every problem that doesn't mean that you can do un you can undo all the bad that's been done in the world uh, you know sometimes you have to accept that things happen that are outside of your control and I guess if you're a superpowered being that must be a difficult thing to learn uh, especially if you know you're as confident slash cocky uh, as Barry has often been speaking of Barry being uh, confident slash cocky he goes off to uh, 
you know, uh, fight the his uh, his uh, super speed, uh, you know, restored uh, foe in this, and in the process gets totally blindsided by this season's new big bad alchemy, uh, who's later named Doctor Alchemy by Cisco. Uh, what do you guys think about the character's look, and also what we hear about his his vague plan to be preparing the world? Jess, what did you think about uh, Doctor Alchemy? I liked him as a villain. Like I, I don't. I wouldn't invite him over for tea. I wouldn't have him over for a sleepover and braid his You know hair you would. If he had okay, if he could make Barry Allen cry, we'd be BFFs like right away. And I'd offer to like braid his hair. Hair, it would be fantastic. But like, I don't think that. I don't think that he and me would really mash up all that well. I think just the prospect of Barry tears is making me like him more than I normally would. But. I like him as a villain because he's not a speedster and like as much as I know it sounds like I've been knocking this show for most of this episode but really I do love this show and one of the things kind of a drag was that they kept using like speedsters as main villains so it was like oh, okay here we go oh, okay here we go and Barry was kind of like that dog that never learns that when you throw a stick but you don't actually throw it, and he chases after the stick, and he just looks confused when there is no stick. He just, he didn't get it that there was another speedster trick. He fell for the same thing again, so I'm glad that they didn't do that. And I think that he's really cool and, like, bone-chilling, and I was very impressed with him and, like, the effects that they used to make him seem more real. One thing that I didn't appreciate, and I'm sure that we'll get into that later, was Alchemy pretty much, like, set out his plan, and, and Barry, you know, figured it out. Like, he's gonna go after all these people that were metahumans in the altered Flashpoint universe, and he's gonna restore their powers, and, and this and that. And then he didn't tell Wally. I understand that, you know, everybody had agreed that they didn't want to hear about this timeline. They wanted everything to be kept a secret. But Wally is in danger because of what happened in that timeline. So out of everybody, he needed to know. He's in Alchemy's crosshairs. And I don't know if Barry, like, realized that or just didn't care. Like, did he... Was he being cocky again? Did he think like, oh, it's fine. I can, I can protect Wally. It's fine. This is fine. Everything's fine. He doesn't need to know. Yeah, that's a good point because obviously, you know, uh, Kid Flash, just call me Flash, uh, would be one of those people affected. I didn't get that sense, though. I got the sense that Barry wasn't even thinking of uh, of Wally in connection with the other metahumans, possibly because he was thinking of the other metahumans as bad guys. And so maybe he just didn't make the connection that it would uh, apply to Wally as well. Uh, Mars, what did you think about uh, Alchemy, his look and uh, his plan? I thought he looked cool. I thought he looked uh, a lot. I thought he looked pretty cool. Um, his plan, or yeah, like he said, it was vague. All he did was say, "I'm, what, I'm getting them ready. I'm preparing them, or whatever." But I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with the the Fortnite crossover. Since it's and about Jeff, what are what are your thoughts about uh, Doc Alk? I like him a lot. I feel like he's going to be an interesting foe this season. And I'm looking forward to, at some point, getting a flashback episode where we learn exactly who he is and what his motivations are. Because it was interesting like to see him, his whole 
whatever you want to call it, the mask and the cloak and uh, the stone and all that kind of stuff. And he seems to be pretty powerful. How? I don't know. But, uh, you know, what he ends up doing, and in particular, the, like the final scene where he kind of just appears out of nowhere, he, he's interesting. I, I'm looking forward to getting to know a lot more about him. Can I... Well, we haven't mentioned someone, so I don't know if I can go into my theory yet. Oh, go ahead. I was going to ask uh, if anyone had any theories, Go. so go ahead. Okay, so I feel like this show can either go one of two ways. First up, I think the more obvious, the most obvious choice is that he is Tom uh, Felton's character. I think everyone on the internet seems to think, okay, Dr. Alchemy is Tom Felton's character. He's this, uh, you know, this douchebag at work that hates Barry, and he's going to be Dr. Alchemy that hates the Flash. So, I can get that, and I feel like if they've brought on an actor, especially a familiar face who is a part of one of the most popular fantasy film genres out there, that if they're going to pay him the big bucks to recur during the season, that they're going to have to give him something to do, besides being sort of like the douchey co-worker. So that kind of makes sense, but I hope they veer in a different direction. I hope he is not Dr. Alchemy, and I hope that they're setting him up to be a villain in the future. Like, maybe the next half of the season, or somewhere close to the season finale, he gets exposed to something and ends up turning into a villain. I hope that Dr. Alchemy is is not him. What was his name again? Julian Albert? Was that his name? It was Julian something. I can't Julian. remember his last name. Julian. So, I, I hope that they set him up as a villain in the future. Like I, But I, I don't know. I have a feeling that he's probably going to end up being Dr. Alchemy. Why, uh, though, Mars, I don't know. Justin Mars, what are your thoughts on who's under the mask? Um, I don't know. Yeah, it does seem it does seem kind of too obvious to make it him. But at the same time, it was kind of obvious that uh, Jay Garrick was Zoom last season. So, um, I I don't know. I'm I'm assuming it's a character we haven't seen. Or, or, yeah, some character we haven't seen, or maybe Earth One Harrison Wells. Yeah, that's a good point. It, it has to be someone who has sort of, you know, an awareness of what's happening in different realities and who has retained those memories of the, uh, the Flashpoint universe and possibly even, you know, the one that came before. So that's kind of an interesting point. Maybe someone who has some connection to the Speed Force. Uh, Jess, what are your thoughts? Who are we going to see under the, uh, the strange steampunk? mask i have no idea but i hope it's somebody that we've never met before and if it's earth like if it is the wheelchair stealing dickhead harrison wells i'm gonna be so mad but it wouldn't be him because that was eobard yeah that was eobard thawne hate the right person but if they decide to bring him back for whatever reason and he steals a wheelchair again my hate fire will be rekindled oh my gosh he never uh he never took over Wells' body since he just kind of raced forward to the future with Flash after he killed Barry's mom in this Mark, Yeah, it also, it raises certain questions. My hate fire, man! 
I'm getting like, a good burn going. Well, we we never really dealt with where Harrison Wells was in the previous the Flashpoint universe yeah. and in the Paradox universe. We still don't know that yet. Star Labs exists. Star Labs was supposedly built, you know, in this reality by Harrison Wells, but we get no sense of of what what he's doing on this world. So it's a possibility, I suppose. That's interesting. I like that theory because it gives uh, the actor uh, something to do. To be quite honest, besides being Earth 2 Harrison Wells. Could you imagine if it is this Paradox's version of Harrison Wells if he somehow ended up surviving? Because technically he would have survived, right? Because the reverse Flash... Now I'm so confused as to what has happened before. I know, in this universe, the reverse Flash (laughs) killed Barry's mother but didn't escape. So he didn't, he shouldn't have, you know, uh, killed and taken the place of Harrison Wells and killed his wife. Uh, and, you know, as, as Jess will point out, you know, posed in a wheelchair for all those years. Wait, but he that didn't does escape? No, because uh, remember, he and Barry came to the future after uh, he went back and killed uh, Barry's mom. Is that so? Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, and theoretically, Harrison Wells should be alive and i think tom cavanaugh has said that you know if he revisits the character of harrison wells he wants to be a completely different harrison wells so well his he gets an interesting challenge uh of you know playing a third version of a character exactly Uh, could you imagine if this character remembers everything because it seems as if uh, dr alchemy like knows everything like if we're going to go into him then let's talk a little bit more about him at the end when the rival was in jail like he appeared out of nowhere so he must have some sort of power to do something besides like here's my shiny rock and he obviously can give uh, these uh, other humans their metahuman powers that they had in the flashpoint universe because you know as we learned like there are all these uh basically almost like snake skins like these human skins all over the place of these people sort of like breaking out into their metahuman form which i think is kind of interesting because they they did something similar to that over on marvel's agents of shield when they got exposed to the terrigen mist and you know they they basically they had like this coat of uh terrigen rock over their body that they broke through and then all of a sudden they're powered people so it's interesting that they're they're doing something similar ish over here on the flash and another weird and and interesting thing is the fact that there are these humans out there that are starting to remember their flashpoint selves because i know last week we sort of like had like a theory, I think I was the one that posed it out there, that maybe this Flashpoint universe exists and we'll see these characters coming over into this new timeline, but it isn't that. It's these characters in this new timeline remembering their Flashpoint selves, in particular people that were metahumans in it, and all of a sudden there's this dude that's like, come worship me, you know, join my cult and I will give you all your powers again. Also, we're kind of assuming all these timelines just conveniently disappear. What if they persist indefinitely? And what if, you know, one version of time travel is, you know, 
theoretical physics time travel is that, you know, even if you were to travel into the past, what you would end up doing is traveling into an alternate version of your own past. You can't travel back into your own timeline. So maybe that's what's happening with Barry. And again, that might be something that they would be setting up for, you know, the big four part crossover when you would need to bring, you know, all the forces together to uh, uh, to resolve this issue. Which seems like a great segue to talk about some spoilers. I have a question. And this might have like nothing to do with anything. But last season, didn't Christina McGee, that scientist at Mercury Labs, mention that there was something called the Philosopher's Stone that they were working on that was a really important project at the labs and she was like afraid that someone had stolen it? Isn't wow, the Philosopher's you know, Stone something to do with alchemy? Yeah, it is. It's, uh, you know, the Philosopher's Stone was what alchemists were trying to make. It was, you know, reputed to uh, grant immortality, the ability to uh, heal wounds. Uh, it would change lead into gold. It basically made you all powerful. Uh, and uh, it was even referenced in uh, in uh, uh, Harry Potter in the British uh, version of it. it. was The first book was Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Uh, the title was Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone in the U.S. So that's Indeed. certainly a possibility that might explain where Dr. Alchemy got it. Because, you know, Dr. Alchemy traditionally in the comics was part of the uh, the Flash's rogues gallery, but he was, you know, not quite this powerful and, and sort of cosmic a character. So they're, they're definitely taking a bit of a different uh, route with him uh, than they have with with uh with the other members of of the rogues gallery so that will be interesting to look into and see whether and just uh, an fyi continues to play in uh, recaps and stuff online that's what they've been calling that stone that he has so he's got it wherever he got it from oh interesting i didn't know so however it <laughs> I works didn't know that... that i just kind of remembered it vaguely so they were planning that even last season and speaking of plans, I think it's time to talk a little bit about spoilers, Jeff. It is. It's time to get a little spoilery. Let's dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of The Flash. This is an official spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Check out our official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com slash the Central City Chronicle. Let's start off with ratings for this episode. Uh, the latest episode of The Flash over on the CW fell from a 1.3 in the 18 to 49 demo that it received for its premiere to a 1.0. Not a not as big of a dip, but it did dip from the previous week's uh, installment. I think and I read somewhere that was the lowest rating ever for The Flash. Oh, okay. It doesn't say that over on TV line, but uh, I will believe it. Oh my. Calm down, Jess. But um, we do have some interesting scoop for upcoming episodes of uh, The Flash. In particular, a uh, press release was released for episode 304, which is titled The New Rogues. And... Uh, Here's what it says. Barry continues to train Jesse, and when a new metahuman, Mirror Master, appears on the scene, he lets her tag along. Mirror Master has teamed up with his old partner, Top, and is looking for Snart to even a score. Jesse is quick. 
I see what they did there. To join the chase, but defies one of Barry's orders, which results in disastrous consequences. Oh, Jesse, why are you messing everything up? So that's... Uh, Jesse's that's... in general, you just can't trust them. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's yes! true. Oh, my. As, but, yes, so this is not the next episode. This is the following episode. So that's interesting. That's going to be interesting to see. There has been a little bit more information teased out about the major crossover event. The major crossover of Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, and uh, Legends of Tomorrow. So this is via entertainmentweekly.com. Following a press screening of Monday's episode of Supergirl, executive producer Andrew Kreisberg revealed how some of the characters will react to Kara, a.k.a. Supergirl, given she's one of the very few aliens, if not the first, that they've come across. So, uh, Andrew Kreisberg had this to say. Some people, like Barry, already know her, so Barry's completely cool with her. Some people are instantly charmed by her. I think Sarah's got a little girl crush on her. Diggle, as always, just when he thinks he's seen it all, there's a moment in it where somebody says, This is Supergirl! And they say, What's so super about her? And she just lifts off the ground, digs like, I'm convinced. He goes on to say, part of Oliver's journey in those episodes is he's kind of hit his breaking point for things he's willing to accept. He's had Mirakuru soldiers, a Lazarus pit, magic, and Damien Dark, but flying aliens who can incinerate you with their eyes is one beyond the pale for him. He's keeping his distance, which is a very Oliver thing to do. Even Kara comments, does he not like me? Barry's like, no, that's kind of how he treats everybody. And Oliver obviously is going to have to get used to the idea of aliens, considering the Dominators are the crossover's villains. In the comics, specifically in Invasion, the Dominators are a technologically advanced alien race who form a coalition with various other races to invade Earth, all in the name of eliminating the threats posed by unpredictable metahumans. The Daxamites were part of the coalition, and the newly arrived Mon-El on Supergirl hails from Daxam. Coincidence? I think not. So that's a little bit of information on the four-part crossover event that's to happen at some point uh, before the mid-season finale on... Uh, the Flash, and etc., etc., etc. We do have uh, a little bit more information on the deeper repercussions of Flashpoint. We do have an interview on entertainmentweekly.com talking about Flashpoint and the ramifications in general. This interview was done with Andrew Kreisberg, and he gives a little bit more information on Flashpoint and its ramifications. So one of the questions that was interesting was about our new friend, Dr. Alchemy. And uh, he was asked to tease Dr. Alchemy and why he's coming after Barry. And so his answer is, well, we have multiple villains this season. Alchemy is just one of them, and his agenda is tied into the other villains who we're still going to be a little bit mum about. 
And uh, he goes on to say, we'd like to give the fans teases and as much as information as possible, but we're so excited about the dynamic between the villains and their dynamic with Flash and the rest of the team. We really want to play cards down for now because the surprises are going to be worth the wait. So they then ask the million dollar question. So... Maybe there's somebody familiar under that mask, and the response is, next question. Does that confirm anything for anyone, maybe? Well, I don't know if it confirms it, but have you realized the consequences of what you said? Because if you're right about it being Tom Felton, it would mean Draco Malfoy is going to get his hands on the Philosopher's Stone. Oh, that would be hilarious. (laughs) oh that'll be the day yes that's one of uh jess's dreams coming true actually i did have a dream in which i i grabbed the philosopher's stone but then i woke up and it was my cousin's foot so okay Next question, uh, literally. So they go on to say, it's been said that Katie Cassidy is going to be on The Flash again this season. What can you tease of her return? He goes on to say, again, we don't want to give too much away, but Katie will be back and it's going to be fun and exciting. That much, I can promise. And uh, they also echo back to something that happened during the season finale, We saw Zoom appear to be transformed into Black Flash in the finale. Are we going to be seeing Black Flash? His answer is, we don't have any immediate plans for that. Obviously, we did that on purpose, and we love working with Teddy. He's such an amazing actor and amazing person, and was so much a part of the success of this show last season. There aren't any immediate plans for that, but you can't keep a good Black Flash down. So I'm sure we'll be seeing him in the future. And uh, they also ask about the themes, like what are some of the themes that are going to be explored on The Flash this year? And his answer is, one of the themes is what does it mean to have power, and what you do with that power, and is power ultimately corrupting? That's definitely one of the themes that we're talking about. So, those are all the spoilers that I have for you this week. Back to you, Professor X. Well, join us next time for a brand new installment of the Central City Chronicle. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for the Central City Chronicle and subscribe. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Central City Chronicle. Follow us on Tumblr, thecentralcitychronicle.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting GoFund.com. Dot com slash poppy chula radio 
Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Thanks, announcer. Co-hosts, wish the listeners a good night. Good night, Central City. Good night. Good night, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of the Central City Chronicle every Thursday via iTunes and the Poppy Chulo Radio archives. New episodes stream via poppychuloradio.com every Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Good night. (laughs) 